We're continuing a series and actually wrapping it up this weekend entitled Family Recipes. Now, they're beginning to distribute a bucket, and in, in this bucket are little jars of jelly. I want every married couple to take one. Every, they're all the same flavor, so don't worry, just grab one. This is a part of the message today. Uh, d- don't open and eat it now, okay? Just hold on to it for a little bit. But I want you to retrieve this. This is an object lesson for the message this weekend. So take a jar of jelly. Husband and wife, just take one, pass it on down, hold on to that, and it will make sense to us in just a moment. We're talking about family recipes, and we're using the family recipe as a means to teach us about marriage. And this weekend, I want to talk about it, and that's why, that's why we're giving you the jar of jelly. I want to talk on the subject, sweeten the marriage. Sweeten the marriage. There's some of us in here, don't raise your hand, you're fed up with marriage. There's some of us, we've lost our appetite for marriage. Some of us have hunger pains in our marriage, unmet needs. And I want to share with us ways that we can sweeten the marriage. There's a phrase that we used to say, and it's interesting, you don't hear this as frequent as you used to hear it, but there was a phrase that people would say, and you'll, you're going to finish it as I say it, and I, I want you to think, when's the last time you actually heard this? Home, sweet, home. Have you noticed you don't hear that anymore? And it's almost like saying we've lost the sweetness of home. Isn't it interesting that right after you're married, a couple's married, they go on what we call a honey moon and we use that phrase that sweet phrase in reference to marriage well some of us some of us our marriage is kind of like this toast okay in fact you've messed up and you said to yourself I'm toast you know that's it's dry it's tasteless it's unappetizing It's really not exciting. For some of us, our marriage right now kind of is illustrated by dry toast. And my admonishment to us today and really instruction is to begin to sweeten the marriage. I mean, you can take some toast, baptize it with some good jelly, and guess what? You You can make a meal on that. You can sweeten the marriage. The jelly jar I I. I have in your hand is to remind every one of us that our marriage can be sweetened. And for those who are living in Splitsville and inside you know who you are, you're you're living in Splitsville, you're there because sweetness has departed from the marriage. I want you to join me in the Old Testament a book that you probably don't read very much, but it's kind of in the middle of the Old Testament. It's called the Song of Solomon. It's, it's after Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, just kind of keep going, and you're going to find this book, Song of Solomon. This is the writing of the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon. And he gives us songs, uh, poems that teach us. Now, there's some poetic language in here, and, and sometimes we read the Song of Solomon, we, we think it's just little 
little poetic language, uh, and, and we kind of miss the truth and the insight. And I want you to go with me to chapter number 2. There's two verses there that I think are going to teach us on how we can sweeten the marriage. Chapter 2, verse number 14 and 15, it begins by saying, My dove in the cleft of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. This next verse, verse number 15. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. That phrase, the little foxes spoil the vine, is actually from the Bible. You've heard that before and you wondered where it was, that colloquialism. It's actually from the Bible, and it relates to married love. And, and I want to admonish this. If you have in your spice rack of your marriage, if you have in your spice rack of your marriage sarcasm, criticism, resentment, it's time to get rid of that. The Bible tells us the little foxes spoil the vineyard. Things can go sour. And for some of us, the marriage is soured. It's little things that have eroded, little things that have got inside, little things that have corroded the marriage. And God is telling us that we should not allow that to season, spoil the marriage. And my admonishment to us is to sweeten the marriage. Now, guys, as we go through this today, I want to give this and I'm speaking to the men's for just a moment, I want to give you five words that women use and what they mean by these words. These are five common words used by your wife. And many of us guys, we have a different meaning and a different understanding of what our wife actually means by this word. Word number one, if you ever hear her say, fine. If you ever hear her say in the conference, well, that's fine. That word is used to end an argument when she knows she's right and you need to be quiet. <laughs> the second word, nothing. If you ask her, what's bothering you? And she says, nothing. Don't believe her. If you ask her, what do you want for your birthday or anniversary? And she says, nothing. Don't believe her. The word nothing always means something. And you need to get the hint. Third word. Go ahead. If she ever tells you, okay, just go ahead, that's not permission and it's not a dare. <laughs> Fellas, don't do it. Don't do it. Word number four is whatever. You ever hear your wife say that? Whatever. Fellas, what she is saying when she says whatever, she's really saying, you're a dummy. You, you think she said, oh, just whatever you want. She's just, you think she's surprised at your wisdom and your creation. No, she is, she, she, she's saying we've gone way too far with this. <laughs> Number five, if she ever says, that's okay. If she ever says, that's okay, she's thinking long and hard on how you're going to pay for your mistake. <laughs> In a marriage... Sometimes we can, we can use ingredients in the recipe of marriage 
that spoil the vine, the little things that corrode, erode, that bring separation and bring hurt and wound in the marriage. And I want to share with us from Scripture, from Scripture, Song of Solomon, and these, and these verses, what God is teaching us on how we can sweeten the marriage. The first thing I want to share with you, and it's found in verse number 14, and that is marriage is sweetened through affection. Marriage is sweetened through affection. Sweeten your marriage. How do you do that? Through affection. What, what is affection? Affection is care. And everybody has a different palate on care. Some people just like, some people like milk chocolate. Some people like dark chocolate. Everybody has a different uh, uh, taste in their mouth, their, their palate. So it is in a marriage. Care, uh, affection is care how that person receives and defines care. One person receives care a different way and defines care a different way, and somebody else defines it a different way. And most of us, our spouse is different from us. You've heard opposites attract? Yes, you know why? Because the opposites come together and they make a whole. Typically, our spouse is different from us, and God intends for that to help us to become complete and help us to grow. And a marriage is a marriage sweetens through affection. Notice what the what the scripture says in in verse number fourteen. He begins by saying, "My dove." He didn't say "my buzzard." No, he said, "My my dove." Okay, stay with me here. We sweeten it through affection. And some of us will read that and we think, well, that's just a poetic phrase. You know, a dove, so cute, so nice. You know, it coos. It's just so tender. And, and, and that's, that's all true. I want to suggest to us there's more in the biblical text than that. There's a, there's a deeper meaning in that phrase, my dove. Why? Because in the ancient world, in biblical time, the dove was considered to be, was considered to add potency, sexual potency. It's actually a very erotic phrase. When he picks, when the writer picks us up and he says, my dove, he's not just, he's not just picking a cute little phrase. He's actually communicating. It's, it's, a, it's a very sensual and a very affectionate phrase that he is expressing to his bride and his wife. My dove. It's a tender word. It's a word of the heart. And here's what I think the scripture is teaching us. If you've had little foxes that have spoiled the vine, what you need to do, the first thing, is sweeten the marriage through affection. And you know affection has an expiration date in a marriage. You cannot live on the affection of last year. You cannot live on the affection of last month. You need to have affection regularly and ongoing in a marriage. It has an expiration date. And we've learned from studies it lasts about 18 months to 24 months in, in infatuation. You can meet the person of your dream. You can say he or she is Mr. or Mrs. Wright. They're, they're, the, they're the person of my dream. You will think that for about 18 months to 24 months. And then all of a sudden you begin to, 
you begin to see their flaws, flaws and weaknesses and things begin to irritate you and things get under your skin. Doesn't mean you're falling out of love. Guess what it means? Infatuation is being lost. What do you do? You sweeten it again. You take the toast and you put the, the sweetener of affection. You put the jelly of affection back in the marriage. We have to always be adding it. I think the scripture is telling us here, as, the, as he says, my dove, you're hiding in the cleft of the rock. I think it's a lesson to us that, that love brings the person back into the relationship. Love them back into the relationship. If there's estrangement, if there's somebody that's pulled away, love them back into the relationship. Verse number 14, your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. When you're at a moment and you feel like some of the foxes has spoiled the vine, criticism, anger, distance, boredom has come in the marriage. What do you do? You begin to add the sweetener, my, my love, my sweet, my. You begin to cultivate affection to bring them back in. I want to take issue with Whitney Houston's uh, signature song, I Will Always Love You. The words of that song states that there's sweet and bitter memories and because of that, I need to leave and I need to get out of your way. I want to take issue with that. Stay in the marriage. Stay in the marriage. Yes, there's sweet. Sometimes there's bitter. But when bitter comes, guess what you do? Add more sweetener to the marriage. I was the other day flying back to San Antonio. And I was at the airport and there was a, 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 the gate area and I sit down in the gate area. You ever been around somebody that's speaking on a cell phone and they're just kind of speaking a little too loud? You know what I'm talking about. You're not trying to overhear them. They're, they're just, you can't keep from hearing what they're saying. This guy sat just a row behind me in the seats in the gate area at the airport and he was talking and I don't know who he was talking to, but he was complaining about his wife. And he began to go on. He said, this is the reason why we're not together. And then his conversation kept going on. I, I, I really didn't want to hear it all, but you couldn't help but hear it. And he announced it through a conversation laced with vulgarity, insults, the venom, the hostility, the resentment was so palpable in his conversation his bitterness just kept coming out. And I thought to myself, I can pretty well tell you why that marriage failed. There was no sweetener in it. There's always going to be a, an offense. There's always going to be a reason that, that you can carry a wound. But you have to add the sweetener in the relationship. My dove, your voice is sweet. Your face is Lovely, for you see, affection strengthens the, the marital immune system. Affection strengthens the marital immune system. Let me put it to you this way. Affection wards off infection in a marriage. The more affection, the least likely the foxes are going to spoil 
the vine. And I just am here to encourage every one of us with the words of the theologian Celine Dion. She said, love can touch you one time and lasts for a lifetime. Yes, it can. How do you do that? Affection. What are you talking about? Sit together on the couch. That, that touch, that hand squeeze. Do you ever play footsies in bed? Do you ever just reach over and tickle her foot with your toes? Little things. Little. Do you ever kiss her longer than two seconds anymore? Hmm? Is all the kisses just kind of a, a peck? And then you, you go about your day. You're busy and you're preoccupied. Add affection. Now, ladies, for just one minute, one minute, you can, you can not pay attention. I want to talk to the guys. <laughs> Fellas, hear me, okay? Let me, you're busy. You're walking in and out. You've so many responsibilities to take care of, so many things to do. And you just give a parting bye, hello, and just a quick kiss. Add some affection to that. So here's what you do, guys. Let me help you. Let me help you. I want you to kiss your wife today like this. I want you to go up. Don't tell her what you're doing. Don't have a conversation as you're leaning in to kiss her. Walk up and put your arms on her shoulders and look into her face. Then lean forward and take the end of your nose and just draw a little circle on the end of her nose. Like this, okay? Just about a couple times, a couple times, okay? Just pause a moment right there. I want you to lean in just a little bit further right before you kiss her and just hum the letter H. Mm. Okay? Okay, just hum the letter H. You can do that. Then lean all the way in and kiss her and count to five. Five-second kiss, okay? And then she'll know she's been kissed. She will feel warm. She will feel alive. She will be excited. Add affection in the marriage. For you see, affection sweetens a marriage. Number two I share with you. Couples bond through connection. Yes, affection will sweeten the marriage, but couples bond through connection. Notice verse number 14. My dove in the cleft of the rock, in the hiding places of the mountainside, show me your face. Do you see that? Show me your face. Most scholars believe that that's that's not a full rendering of what that phrase really communicates. It doesn't mean I just want to see your face. It's not just, oh, oh, that's who you are. No. It has the idea, and some scholars believe you can interpret that, show me your face as show me your form. Show me your form? What do you mean by that? You, occasionally they'll describe an athlete, and they'll say, look at their form. 
What does that mean? It's their whole being. It's their whole presence. It's their whole demeanor. It's, it's everything about them. It's, it's their, their, their stature, their swing, their, how they hold themselves, how they move. They, they become one total sense and one, one total experience. And that's really what it's talking about here. It's not just see their face. Show me your form. In other words, in other words, you, you sense their presence. Do you know that you can be together and not be together? You can be together in the same house and not be together. You can live in the same address and have disconnected emotionally, physically, spiritually. In the Bible, there's a phrase that's used frequently. It says to know. The word to know, the phrase to know in the Bible has two different meanings to it. Sometimes it means acquaintance to know, and sometimes the word to know actually means sexual intimacy. And he knew her, and she gave birth to. And what does that say? That's saying there's, there's levels of connection. And some of us, the only thing we have in common is we have the same mailing address. I want to encourage you that you and I need to make connections as couples. There's, we're in a busy day. Kids and school tomorrow and responsibilities and you get home and there's an hour and a half work to do and files and emails and get the kids bathed and we, we parcel out the responsibilities. You get breakfast and then you, get, you do the bathing in the evening and you do the laundry and I'll do this and we get so busy doing so many things that we as a couple don't connect. We lose our connection, and couples bond through connection. The opposite of connection is indifference. It's when we go through the day and we become indifferent to that other person. And the one meal, the one meal that's served too frequently in the marriage, and I'm speaking as an analogy right here, the one meal that's served too frequently in American homes today in the marriage is leftovers. We give our spouse the leftover. We're tired. We're exhausted. We've had to hold it together during the day. Had to bite our tongue during the day. Have stress with coworkers. Then we get home and we, we vent and and we give them leftovers. We don't bring our best. And the scripture here is teaching us something very important. My dove in the cleft of the rock. She's withdrawn. She's withdrawn. She's in the cleft of the rock. She's, she's in the mountainside, in the hiding places. What happened? I don't know. There were some, there were some foxes that spoiled the vine. And, and somehow emotionally they got disconnected. But all of a sudden... He says, my dove, that's an affectionate word. Show me your face. Affection and connection. What do we need to do? Need to have dates. Need to have places. Young couples, can I give you some advice, please? You have that first baby. I know no one is smart enough to be the babysitter of that beautiful child God has given you. When you have your first child, you, you, you want TSA there. 
You, you want the sheriff there. There's, you, you, you're so careful. I'm not going to leave my child with anyone. You're so protected. I understand that. I understand that. But by the time you have four or five children, you'll go down to the corner and the guy says, well, work for food. You'll get him to come home and babysit the kids. I'll tell you. You need time away as a couple. You need time away as a couple to date because it's, you can't lose friendship. You see, it was friendship. You went from acquaintance to a friendship. And then your friendship grew into a relationship. And the relationship became a marriage and now a family. Friendship can get lost in all the busy and activity and we get disconnected from one another. And I'm here to remind us, you need to, you need to plan a, a cruise, a vacation. You need to go out occasionally away from the kids and sit across the table at a restaurant with coffee or a dinner and just, just have conversation, the two of you. Not about the bills and the kids, just reconnect emotionally. That's what we need. The danger side sign in a relationship is losing friendship. Don't lose your friendship. Stay connected. And I want to take us to a prayer moment in just a moment. But before I do, I want to remind us of a passage of Scripture in the book of Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2 is when God created Eve for Adam. Let me, let me remind us of the setting. The Bible says that God created Adam and put him in the garden and said, you take care of everything. But God said of Adam, he didn't have a wife yet. It's not good that man should be alone. Do you know that God created Adam with a need that God would not meet? God himself, in God's presence, God said, I'm going to create Adam, and he is going to have a need that, that I, God, cannot meet. You need, a, you need a wife. You need a help me to make you complete. So the Bible tells us this, that the Lord caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. And from his side, he took a rib, and he formed Eve. Adam awoke from his sleep and he saw a woman and he said, wow, God, wow, this is, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I can tell everyone in here, Eve was created from Adam while Adam was asleep. She was literally the woman of his dreams. Literally, Eve was the woman of her dreams and then the Bible makes this statement I don't know if you remember this it's in Genesis chapter 2 verse number 22 the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man notice this next phrase and he brought her to man he God he brought her to man it was God that brought the woman to man.
here's my prayer today. Could God bring you back together again? Could God bring you back together again? Could God restore affection? And could God bring a new connection in the marriage? For some, there's hurt. There's a busy life. You've got preoccupied with other things and the, the marriage has lost its sweetness. Could God bring you back together again? Some are at that empty nest. You spent the last decade, 15 years raising kids and you've done a wonderful job, but now kids are gone and you kind of lost each other and you need to reconnect with each other. Could God bring you back together again? That's what I want to pray for, is that God sweeten the marriage and bring your hearts back together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you care for homes and marriages. And you intend for us to thrive in the area of affection. And you brought Eve to Adam because you believe in connection. Sometimes in our busy life and our culture doesn't always celebrate that and appreciate that. And we can unintentionally get caught in things that are peripheral. And we can forget what's so important. And I pray, God, as they hold, a, couples today hold a jar of jelly to remind them they can and need to sweeten the marriage they will take that out as a commitment to add affection in the home. To get rid of this out of the spice rack the resentment and sarcasm complaining criticism. And God replace it with, with eyes that can see the, the good and if one of the partners have flown away to the mountain place in the cleft, the hiding place and withdraw. Bring them back together. Bless their home. Bless their marriage. Let this be the beginning of a new season of grace and healing and restoration in their heart and in their family. I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with us. And again, I, I want to remind our, our parents, register your kids for our Christmas program. I want them to be a part. God bless you. You're dismissed today.